Welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast where we explore simple living and high thinking. Each week, we join Vivek Gupta as he offers insights on bringing the divine into the daily. If you've been tuning into Live Vedanta for a while now, you'll know what today is. It's the beginning of the Happiness Series Part 2. From December 3rd through 6th, from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Vivek G will be uncovering answers to your most compelling questions about life and living. That means if you love this podcast, you'll definitely love the Happiness Series Part 2. It's a unique and interactive workshop that takes place virtually, so you can just sign on in from your own computer. Anyone of any age can join. For more details, visit our website at medium.com slash vicharagurukula. And we'll also have a link in the show notes so you can sign in and join us this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay, with that, this week's episode. Our episode today is the first of two episodes on being better while being busy. Sometimes it feels like we're getting busier and busier as the days go by. Recognizing that this probably won't change, what do we do? How do we handle it? How can we be less stressed? How can we become better? Vivekji discusses the first two SDs, Sanatana Dharma and self-development. Let's tune in. Expect your ideal Saturday or Sunday morning, afternoon, evening to go. And if we do that, it'll be very slow. Wake up late, eat late, um, move very slowly, lie down more horizontally. You know, this very slow uh, activities. And not even that, when we think about retiring, it's the same. I'm not going to travel a lot. I'm not going to have a lot of friends. I'm not going to have to look around after many things. This idea of leaving the busyness that we're all engaged in is very attractive. And it's not unique to you and I. Prince Arjuna was one of the first people who wanted to leave this busyness. He was in a much more busy circumstance than you and I are whether it was the kingdom, the wives, the wars, the administration, so much. And he looked to Lord Krishna and gave many, many, many reasons why I don't want to be here. I want to live a slower life. I want to live a more, a more relaxed life. If we think about ourselves today compared to last year, we are busier than ever. And compared to five years ago, we're more busy. And next year, if we had the exact same setup, we'll say that next year will be busier than, than this year. And it doesn't matter how young or how old or what gender or what income status or education status, everyone is busier than ever. And part of this is what I'm using right now, communication. Back in the day, our only communication was with people, then letters, then 
telegrams, telegraph, etc. When you had to call India, it was a big event. You had to plan so far in advance, you had to find the connection, etc. Now, with our immense communication abilities, it's making us more busy. I have more friends that I need to keep up with, more relatives I need to FaceTime with. None of that was there before. We are going to explore being better while being busy. And if you note in the title, the busy is not going to change. <laughs> We're just going to get busier. And we want to escape from that. But that escape is like Prince Arjuna wanting to leave and Lord Krishna says, no, you need to be here. But while you're being here, you need to be better. So we begin. When this um, computer was given to me, it came with a manual on how to use this computer to the best of its ability. When you bought that TV, same thing. When you buy a car, same thing. When you buy an oven, same thing. Even when you buy a water bottle, there's a small thing on how to wash it. Don't put it in too much heat, etc., etc. Now, if we look around ourselves, everything around us is created. That vase, this dia, the car outside, the road outside, the community, everything is created. And if it's created, there has to be a creator. We know that with stuff, but now we have to open our minds to all of creation. Did you and I create the world? Did we create oxygen? Did we create space? So we didn't do it, and this is all part of creation, so there must be a creator behind all of this creation as well. And this creator, too, gave a manual on how to make the best of this creation. This manual comes in the form of religion. Now, whenever we hear the word religion, we have very funny ideas that come to our mind. My uh, teacher, he was on a train in India and uh, a lady came onto the train and sat across from him with her son, young son, and he was misbehaving. So his mother says to, his, to her son, if you don't start listening to me, I'm going to send you with him. <laughs> you know, see how her interpretation of he is and now that boy too. Even now when people who don't know me so well and I don't know them, they ask me, so do you work? <laughs> right? And do I get a paycheck? No. But do I work? Yes. But if someone wears a white dhoti and if someone has a shikha, then, you know, they probably don't work. They probably travel around for bhiksha, which I do. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but there's a lot that has to go with that as well. A nice word for religion is rehabilitation. Just like if someone hurts their elbow, they go for rehabilitation. They go for the physiotherapy. If someone is mentally not well, they go for rehabilitation. If someone is sociologically not well, suppose they commit a crime, they go for rehabilitation. Religion is the same. It is a form of real rehabilitation. And we have to be clear about this because if we misinterpret religion, it's the same as gossiping. See, we always tell people, don't gossip. I never want to be gossiped about. I love gossiping about other people, but I don't want people to gossip about me. And what is gossip other than a misinterpretation of what someone said or what someone did? Isn't that with religion too? So if I misinterpret 
religion, then I am simply a catalyst to this gossip. And it's been going on for, I'm not going to even say decades, for millennia this has been going on. When the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, unfortunately, were losing to the New York Rangers, and many times the coach called the timeout. You know, regroup, refocus on what you're doing. They call a huddle, whatever it may be. That again is a form of religion. That there's so much activity going on, but why all of this activity? What is the direction of all of this activity? One of the words to describe religion is Puranaha. And whenever we think of Puranaha, we think Purana, like it's not useful anymore. Puranaha does mean ancient, but what's special about religion is that though ancient, it's ever applicable. And all I'm attributing here is religion is the creator's manual on how to live to the best of one's capacity. And here too, I will separate these words. What is the difference between ability and capability? Ability is our potential, capability is how much of that potential we capture. Just that prefix is different. We all have infinite potential, but how many of us are capturing that infinite potential? Just like with a car, a car's warranty for 100,000 miles or five years is only valid if you get your oil changed regularly, if you go to that actual dealer. In other words, if you follow that manual. If you don't, that warranty is null and void. So if we want to capture our infinite potential, then we should follow the creator's manual. I didn't create it, she didn't create it. He, he created it, she created it. And our religion can be understood in, at three levels. The vision, the expression, the achievement. And this is why I love our Sanatana Dharma, and I'll get into that, is that it's highly practical. Sometimes people ask me, Vivekji, can you share thoughts on practical Vedanta? And when they ask me this, I ask them, tell me what's not practical about Vedanta. And then I'll answer your question as soon as you answer my question. Because what is Vedanta other than studying the mind and refining the mind? That's all this is. And when are we not our mind? We are always our mind. So I use the word Sanatana Dharma here. I'm going to explain three SDs, okay? The first SD is Sanatana Dharma. Sanatana Dharma is the vision. In Sanskrit, we call this Darshana. Sanatana Dharma has one vision only, and that is oneness. You and I are one, but we've forgotten that. Yesterday at our Balavir graduation, I was sharing, every Balavir student is special but sometimes they forget that. In fact, sometimes they're educated to forget that they're special. And Balavir is a unique opportunity to keep unveiling that uh, special aspect of who they are. So the vision of Sanatana Dharma is oneness. And synonyms of oneness is love, infinity, empathy. That is the vision, nothing else. We think of the law of karma, we think about charity, we think about whatever else, but the fundamental vision of Sanatana Dharma is love, is that oneness. Now think of parenting as well. My teacher had shared that uh, initially, 
a husband and wife have many theories on raising children but no children. Later on, they have children but no theories on ra raising children. Because you can't raise a child in the same way. Each child is, is different. But if a parent loves their child, if they have the vision of love, they don't need to read books. They don't need advice. Because if they have love in their hearts, naturally, that actually leads me to the next step, there'll be that expression. I will do what it takes to raise my child well because I love them, because I empathize with them. So we have to be clear about the vision of Sanatana Dharma. That is that Advaita, that oneness. Now I'll give you a more tangible idea of what this vision is. Because we want to know, despite being busy, how do I be better? Every time you go to sleep, ask yourself, did you learn something that day? It could be from a person, it could be from an accident on TV, TV it could be weather. If I believe that I'm separate right now, I have to learn that we're, that I'm one with you. So every day, we should ask ourselves the question, did I learn today? That is how this vision comes to our lives. And see, we don't have to do anything differently. A spiritual person doesn't do different things. Rather, they do things differently. Their husbands, their wives, their workers, their sevaks, they mow the lawn and they go bowling and they fly and they sleep and they argue. But everything they do, they do it with a different vision. Just like when one sees a flower, sees someone who's in in courting someone else, when they see a flower, they're thinking, I should take that and I should give that to someone. A scientist will look at it very differently. When did this grow? What is the content of the pollen here? A poet will look at it very differently. It's not a rose, but it's an expression of the creator. See, each one has a different vision of that same entity. Now for us too, if we can take up the vision of what can I learn from an experience, it completely changes. And I'll give you an example of this. Today, the food we ate was all homemade. And specifically, I'll highlight the paneer that we ate today. Was, was, that was even more homemade. Whatever that means, I don't even understand, but <laughs> that's even more homemade. See, when you know the meaning behind it, it tastes better then. It's more enjoyable knowing that someone put in the effort to put this together. And it's no different than when I go to people's homes and they offer prasad or everything is prasad according, <laughs> according to them. If they've made it, I'll eat it, and I'll ask them, did you buy this? And if they say yes, then I'll, my tendency is to say no then, because there's not as much meaning as if someone made it. Now imagine our workplaces. Many of us are not so happy to go to work, and I'm being polite right now. <laughs> we know the expressions that come up when, when work, that word work comes. Imagine right now you got a phone call and said you have to go into the office <laughs> or the hospital or wherever it is. Would you be happy? Some of you may be happy, then we don't have to be here. But generally, we wouldn't be happy. Suppose they added Sunday as the day you have to go to school. <laughs> See, we don't have the vision of, of work or school because we don't know the meaning behind it. But if we know the meaning behind work, school, whatever it may be, then it becomes a, a learning. And that's what I want to do. I want to learn from my experiences. It becomes more meaningful. So we are exploring 
being better while being busy. And we've highlighted that being busy is not going to change, but being better, that's where our focus is. And we explored that being better is facilitated through religion. And we have funny ideas of religion that need to change. The first aspect of religion to be understood is the vision. And our vision is Sanatana Dharma. Sanatana means eternal. This vision can't be just in the past or just in the future. It is always. And Dharma means betterment. In the Olympics, they always aspire for PBs, personal bests. And that's fine, but it's only for an event. Better is perpetual betterment. That all, every moment, I need to be better. That is where we have to remember I need to learn. And when I learn, everything becomes more meaningful. So this is the vision, the expression of Sanatana Dharma. This is our second SD, is self-development. We measure a nation's growth by GDP, gross domestic product. I am a third world country. I'm a first world country. Measure it by very objective measurements like education, economy, uh, wait times in a hospital, clean water, etc., etc. Very objective. But if you look into the word more, self-development is not external. Self-development is internal. And that's why this is the word that encompasses self-development is yoga. Now, we have a lot of funny ideas of yoga as well. Today, I was at someone's home and I, they asked me if I wanted tea. So I said, sure. And their son was trying to find me a tea bag. So I said, I'll, I'll help. And there's a whole variety of yoga teas. <laughs> You know, yoga is a $20 billion industry now. There's yoga mats and yoga clothes and yoga lights and yoga temperatures. Everything we, we associate with yoga. Yoga is not an exercise. Yoga is not breathing. Yoga is an expression of that vision. Self-development. What I need to do is integrate. Who are you? If someone asks you to fill out who you are. We'll start describing the body, then the mind, then the intellect, and the ego as well. I'm a jealous person. I'm this kind of person. So this is who we are today. Religion is saying you are much more than that, but do I believe that today? I don't, and that's okay. It's not the best, but it's okay. I can't go from zero to being the best. Every day I have to become better, 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 till I become the best. So whoever you are today, we have to integrate ourselves. The body, the mind, the intellect, the ego, all have to come together. When I'd finished my meal, I kept my spoon and I was heading towards the dessert table. <laughs> and I was visualizing how I'm going to dip that brownie in that biasam and eat and create this new, new dessert. And then I heard this faint voice coming from this side of the room that says, Vivek, and, then, <laughs> and I saw my wife staring like this. <laughs> we constantly make agreements that we're not going to eat sweets, and she abides by it. But I, I keep breaking that agreement. But she reminds me of it. See, my body doesn't know a brownie, doesn't know paisam. My body doesn't know anything. It's just like my clothing. If he wears my kurta, my kurta is not going to know whose body it's on. But it's my mind that thinks, hey, that piasam and that brownie, that's going to make you happy. Right now, you are miserable when you have those. You'll be happy. And the more you have, <laughs> the more happy you'll be. See, lack of integration. 
body is neutral, mind is saying go there, but then the intellect is saying no. If you keep eating this, then you can't maintain your health. See, there's no integration. And when there's no integration, there's confusion. There's a, a message in parenting that arguments should happen in the bedroom, but outside of the bedroom, a united front. That if the mother is saying do this and the father is saying don't do this, the child gets very confused. There's no integration amongst the, at the fundamental level, so naturally there's not going to be further on. So integrate body, mind, intellect, ego. Now, a lower equipment cannot control a higher equipment. Just like in a war, the best thing to do is get higher ground, right? Because then I can see the full field. No different with traffic. You can't be on a street to gauge traffic. They go in their helicopters. So my uh, intellect is the one that has to control the body and the mind. And here is where the essence of idol worship comes in. This morning I was explaining what the significance of a Paduka Puja is. And someone said, whose slippers are those? <laughs> and I said, though they look like slippers, they're Padukas. They represent the ideal of wisdom. And we worship these silver-plated sandals, these small ones, but we're not worshiping silver or the sandals. We're worshiping wisdom. Because the more I worship something, the more I become like that. My teacher had shared, tell me who you love, and I'll tell you who you are. So in your room, if you have pictures of Sidney Crosby, etc., then you know you're of an athletic temperament. In your room, if you have pictures of uh, Lady Gaga, Miley Cyrus, etc., then right, I'm of that entertainment temperament. If I have pictures of Prince Arjuna and Sri Lakshmana, etc., then I'm of that temperament. So who are we worshiping? When the intellect is absorbed in an ideal, the body and mind will follow. Whenever you and I have the body, mind, and intellect in, together, we feel at ease. We all experience this. Going back to food, I read one message that said, rarely do we regret undereating. Rarely do we regret undereating. We overeat like it's our job. <laughs> and we always regret it. We never don't regret overeating. And we we never undereat because we don't know where our next meal is going to come, as if our we don't know where our next meal is going to come. But when you and I eat the right amount, the body is fine, the mind is fine, the intellect is fine, I am fine. And this is where Mahatma Gandhi has shared, uh, happiness is when the thoughts, words, and deeds are in harmony. Such a simple expression of, of happiness. What was the first SD? Sanatana Dharma. And we will practice SD by learning. And that's a vision, correct? What is the second SD? Self-development. And we will practice self-development by integrating. This is the expression. Now we get to the third SD, and this is more tangible. Vision is less tangible. Expression is more tangible. Achievement is most tangible. Study and discipline two of the most feared words amongst people you have to study and you have to be disciplined <laughs>
If you enjoyed what you heard or you want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at medium.com slash Vichara Gurukula. For those on the journey of self-development, Vichara Gurukula is a community forum that provides an opportunity to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.